Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car. My name is Jess Romero. Paul Clay should be on with me any minute now. Uh, Lots to talk about this morning on the rundown. Today, by the way, is the Feast of St. Andrew, the Apostle. That's the brother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. St. Andrew, pray for us. Boy, oh boy, do we need it. A <clears throat> little bit about St. Andrew. He's the first uh, a disciple that our Lord picked. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must, must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If you recall... St. Andrew showed his courage, not by feats of physical prowess, but by his unrelenting commitment to the gospel of the cross, written in the blood of Jesus Christ. St. Andrew died as he had lived. The, uh, this man was, uh, he was a true servant of his beloved master, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose message of love and mercy shaped Andrew's life and death. <clears throat> I want to just say a little prayer before we start the show to St. Andrew, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Andrew left home and livelihood and even life itself to follow you. May we love you more than life itself and love all of life's gifts as treasures to be shared with all who are in need. We ask this in your name, who lives and reigns with the Father and in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, today's the Feast of St. Andrew. Like his brother, Simon Peter... Andrew shared a special intimacy with Christ. His name always ranks high on the list of the apostles. From the first, Andrew's an evangelist. He sees Christ. He runs to tell his brother in John chapter 1, verse 35 to 42. After the resurrection, Andrew is said to have witnessed to the gospel in Greece, where he suffered martyrdom in the city of Patras. And according to various traditions, Andrew was an evangelist to the very end. Bound by ropes to a cross, he preached and addressed the gathering crowd for two days as they watch, as they were watching him die, hanging on the cross. He preached the gospel for 48 hours until death took him. And according to the tradition, thousands hearkened to his words. Andrew is said to be the patron saint of Greece, Scotland, and Russia. We humbly implore your majesty, O Lord, that just as blessed Apostle Andrew was for your church a preacher and pastor, so he may be for us a constant intercessor before your throne. We pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> I'm waiting for my partner, Paul, but we'll just get started. Today I want to talk about, and he'll just jump in, he'll let me know when he gets on the show. I want to talk about a term that's bandied out there in, in the Catholic world. It's, uh, you, you, some of you probably remember the, move, the, the series, the TV sitcom, I Love Lucy. Lucy was Cuban. He had an accent. He was, is, is Paul there? He was yeah, married Jeff, to. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All <laughs> let right. me just. Yeah. So, let me play, let me explain to you what I mean by Pope splaining. 
Pope Splaining or Pope Splainer. So I've got to go back to the I Love Lucy reruns when I was a young man. Ricky Ricardo, he was a Cuban, and he had a he had a, a, a thick accent. And it's funny when he would say something to his wife Lucy that she didn't understand because she kind of played like she played like a ditzy a ditzy blonde in 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 the movie in, in the sitcom. That's that was the way she portrayed. So when she didn't understand her husband, Ricky Ricardo would say, "Lucy, let me explain something to you." Paul, you re- you remember that, right, Paul? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got the same thing going on here, Paul, in our church. Mm. And what do I mean by that? We, as Catholics, we have to be objective. Last night I stood up pretty late and I was looking at various Catholic encyclopedias. Now, the record isn't that bad. We've had 267 popes, most of them good holy men. But objectively i did a search and i stood up very late last night <clears throat> i i looked at i found several popes that were sexually active as popes and other popes that were just bad popes as popes they're involved in you know money schemes they're involved with organized crime so when i looked at sexually active and bad popes there have been 17 popes who have wow. been sexually immoral some sired children, and some involved just in crime. Now, that's Mm. not bad when you think about it. 17 out of 267, that's not bad. I mean, that, 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 that comes to, if you do the math, it's like, it's, it's like one out of 13 popes. Mm. That's, and, and, Think about the apostles, Paul. How many of add add Saint Paul to the list? Thirteen. How many apostles were bad? One. So it's funny. The Catholic Church is tracking exactly like the apostles plus Paul. Hmm. Yeah. Never thought of it like that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, but I do know too that looking at Israel in the Old Testament, they had plenty of kings over Israel that were just uh, completely horrible so um yeah I, i'd say the tr- the church is is tracking pretty well oh yeah yeah absolutely but you know paul it, it, we have to be you know love corrects as you're always saying or as saint paul says you know speak the truth mm-hmm. in charity ephesians four fifteen. Mm-hmm. um <clears throat> we have to even even if we're sons of the church we have to call our, our fathers to become accountable yeah. And, and l- let me just share with you two quotes that came out yesterday in an article. In fact, from the, I, I got this article from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. The U- so it's not exactly right-wing propaganda. Okay, mm-hmm. This article is from the USCCB, and it was an interview with Pope Francis. And here's what he says. And I just want to juxtapose what he says with what the Bible says and what Our Lady says. And, and again, that's when we talk about ambiguity. So here it is. Pope Francis said this, and this is on the USCCB website, quote, he said, he said, doctrine also progresses, expands, mm. and consolidates with time, and becomes firmer, but it is always progressing. Change develops from the roots upward, growing in accord with these three criteria. Okay. Mm. So the Pope said twice that doctrine progresses. Twice he said that. 
Now, let me go to the United States, the official Bible for the USCCB. It's not my mm. preferred translation, but it's the USCCB's translation that they use at, at the Novus Ordo Mass. It's the NAB. Second John 1, 9, here's what it says. Juxtapose that with Pope Francis's words. St. John the Apostle writes in the NAB, anyone who is so progressive as not to remain in the teaching of the Christ does not have God. Mm. So if you put that Bible verse, anyone who is so progressive as not, not to remain in the teaching of the Christ does not have God. When you compare that to what the Pope just said yesterday, I got it from the USCCB website, an interview. He says doctrine also progressives. So again, there's the ambiguity. John the Apostle, an inspired writer, says that doctrine doesn't progress. You can't progress doctrine. And Pope Francis says that doctrine progresses. Well, who am I going to listen to? Well, even Vatican II says the highest source of authority for us as Catholics is the Word of God. In fact, that Vatican II says that that our, our Pope and bishops are under the Word of God. Our popes and bishops are servants of the Word of God. They're not above the Word of God. <laughs> well, you and I both know the Word of God to be a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, now, here's another one again, and this is this is a, th these are the things that I don't know how Pope Splainers explain this away. Here's another one. Pope Francis said yesterday in the USCCB website, he said, quote, what I don't like at all, he said, is that we look at the so-called sins of the flesh with a magnifying glass and we tend to ignore other sins. Instead, we only look at sins below the waist. Okay. Now, what does Our Lady of Fatima say in 1917 about the sins of the flesh? She said this, quote, more souls go to hell because of the sins of the flesh than for any other reason. Close quote. So, Paul, yes. you put Pope Francis's quote that, you know, uh, everybody's so concerned about sins of the flesh as the sins below the waist, like like they're the most relevant thing. And Our Lady of Fatima says that more people go to hell because of the sins of the flesh. Again, I, I don't know how Pope Splainers explain this away. When you put those two quotes next to each other side by side, they're, they're, they're basically polar opposites. Yeah. I mean, the mission of the church, Jess, is to lead souls to heaven, is to bring people to God. And, uh, you know, for, for the Pope to sit there and, and just dismiss and say, hey, we have just this, uh, this crazy preoccupation with sins below the waist, and it's not that serious— well, I beg to differ. Our Lady I mean, of Fatima begs to differ too. Yeah, yeah. St. Paul then, in 1 Corinthians 6 begs to differ too. And there are sins that cry out to heaven. Ah, right? yeah, yes. <laughs> and that's one of them. Yes, that's one of them. Yeah. All right. Okay, we're going to try to explain to you <laughs> how Pope Splainers explain things away. Jesus 911, we'll be right back. Stick around, don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're talking about Pope Splaining. There's two Mm -hmm. errors here, Paul, that I see. Number one is that you have some people, some uh, what I would call naive uh, sycophants, that they'll do anything to try to explain away the actions or the words of a bad pope. We've had bad popes before. As I said, I did the Mm -hmm. research. We've had 17 bad popes before. Now, there's another error where you got the anti-Catholic Protestant propagandists that just because there's a bad pope and we've had 17, they'll say, well, if you had a bad pope, you can't be the true church of Jesus Christ. No, that's, that's not true. Just look at Israel and Judah. Most of their kings were bad. And mm-hmm. guess what? <laughs> they, they were God-ordained. Their office, yes. was, w- w- th- th- their office came from the Lord. And not only that, those men, those kings in the Old Testament, they were a foreshadow of the new Israel of God, which is a church, and the popes. It's a foreshadow. Mm-hmm. As Catholics, Paul, I just tell people, our faith is based on the person of Christ, Men come and go. Hebrews 12, 2, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I mean, yes. that's a, our, our faith is Christ-centered. It was started by Jesus Christ as we say amen in the Novus Ordo Mass, through him, through Jesus, with Jesus, and in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Your pastor will die one day at your parish. Your deacon will die. The nuns there will die at the school. Your bishop will die or retire. The pope will die or retire. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our faith is in the person of Christ. He's our Savior, and He's our Lord. Amen? Yes, amen. Hey, Jess, I have, you know, in 1870, Vatican I, um, they defined the doctrine of infallibility, the church did. And I think a lot of the Pope's planning could be linked to possibly an understanding of that issue, because a lot of people somehow erroneously think, and I'm not talking about informed Catholics, they know, but a lot of people mistakenly think that, you know, they they seem to be getting impeccability and infallibility confused. I agree. I agree, Paul. I think think you're onto something. But here's something that uh, some people say, well, you know, Jess or, or Terry, you know, you can't criticize a pope. Uh, I beg to differ with you. First of all, the Code of Canon Law says that we can. Canon 212. Here's what it says. And, and, and that goes for a bishop as well or a priest. It says, to, and this is written for lay people, in accord with the knowledge, competence, and preeminence which they possess, lay people have the right and even at times a duty, a duty, notice that, to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinions on matters which pertain to the good of the church, and they have a right to make their opinions known to other Christian faithful. Mm. With, with due regard to the integrity of faith and morals, showing reverence towards their pastors. Yep, basically it says, speak the truth in charity, or love corrects, but it's saying you've got to do it in charity. That's, that's, that's yeah. the, the caveat. Uh, we also remember that the Bible says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think it's verse 6, it says, Love rejoices in the truth. And our Lord Jesus Christ says, The truth will set you free. Now, Paul, there's been some smart people. And this is, I don't, 
this is painful, but, but this is factual as well. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis has canceled some good cardinals and bishops and priests. In the street, Paul, where you and me come from, having worked the streets of Los Angeles County and the biggest jail in the world, we call that being a bully. Hmm. In corporate America, we call that bad management. And in Catholicism, we call it clericalism. What is clericalism? Let me define what clericalism is. Clericalism is a policy or an attitude that gives excessive power or deference to the clergy, especially in the Catholic Church. It can involve a sense, it can involve a sense of superiority uh, uh, or, or deference to the clergy. It can uh, involve a sense of entitlement or a distance from the people. Clericalism can also be a sickness or a trap that affects the church and its members. And uh, if... if Essentially, that's what we have going on right now. Uh, Ronald Reagan once said, personnel is policy. Well, if that be the case, the fact is, our Pope has surrounded himself with some bad people. People know it. The Lavender Modernist Mafia. The St. Gallen Mafia. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, we've had bad Popes in the past. Has the church survived? Yes. Precisely because of the Holy Spirit who leads the church and Christ who sustains the church. The Catholic Church is the new Israel of God. Just like the Old Testament Israel had bad kings in in different eras, they survived. Why? Because Yahweh led them as a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of smoke by day. God leads the Catholic Church just the same way. Despite bad leadership amongst some among some episcopates don't get me wrong this conversation that me and paul are having this causes me to pray for the pope every day in my rosary and go to mass every day and i pray for him if there's one thing paul that i will say is that this papacy has driven more catholics myself included to more prayer and to more time on my knees what say you paul yeah you know Jess, I was listening to, uh, I believe it's uh, Father Charles Murray. He's a, he's a canon uh, lawyer. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, he is brilliant, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he uh, <laughs> I love him. But, uh, you know, he mentions in there that, you know, what's going on with some of these bishops and priests that are being canceled, they're, uh, you know, these are blatant violations of clear canon law. That's in place. Yes, just say that. Protect, yep. Yeah, to just protect say them. Mm-hmm. So, so my question to you is, um, obviously, then it, it kind of reminds me. It's unfortunate, but I remember when uh, Obama was the president, and I remember, you know, people were really upset with the border and things like that. And um, there's plenty of laws on the books that govern the border, and all we had to do was enforce you know, what was clearly there as the law. But he says, uh, you know, by executive privilege, I, you know, I just choose to uh, enforce only those laws that I choose to enforce. And that's mm. the way it kind of seems now. Mm-hmm. It's that same mm. liberal, you know, to pick and choose or pay attention to, you know, what might be 
beneficial to your agenda mm-hmm. versus something else. And that, that's just my observation. And I can't think of any other reason, because if you have canon law that's clearly there, uh, you know, to protect, you know, um, you know, understanding that these bishops, they're given their authority by God himself, not not any one person. You know, the pope doesn't give uh, his brother bishops the authority <laughs> comes from Christ. Yes. They're successors of the apostles. Yes. Yep. Paul, here's something else that uh, <clears throat> you've had some pretty smart guys that have actually, you know, rolled up their sleeves and done a deep dive and have done research in the last 10 years. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you got, for example, Henry Sire. He wrote a book called The Dictator Pope. And these are well-documented books, highly annotated you have another book by Philip Lawler, another great uh, Catholic journalist and, and great Catholic intellect. He wrote a book called Lost Shepherd, How Pope Francis is Misleading the Flock. You got Russ Duthat, another scholar. He wrote a book called To Change the Church, Pope Francis and the Future of Catholicism. You got George Newmeyer, rest in peace. What a crack investigator he was. He wrote a book called The Political Pope, How Pope Francis is Delighting the Liberal Left and Abandoning Conservatives. You got another scholar, Jose Antonio Ureta. I think he's from Brazil. He wrote a book called Pope Francis Paradigm Shift. You have another uh, great, great intellect by the name of Rod Bennett. He wrote a book called Bad Shepherds. You have another great intellect called Dr. Taylor Marshall. He wrote a book called Infiltration. You have another book by another intellect, uh, university professor called Dr. John R.T. Lamont. It's called Defending the Faith Against Present Heresies. And then Dr. Peter Kwasniewski just came out with a two-volume book. It's called The Road from Hyperpapalism to Catholicism. Altogether, Paul, you have nine intellectual giants that have penned together over 3,000 pages of research documenting Pope Francis' statements, well-sourced, footnoted, replete with painful facts, and also... Uh, documenting his inconsistencies, his ambiguities, and even his errors. Now, as a Catholic, it's important to distinguish again between the fallible institutional human elements of the Catholic Church versus the truth of God, which are its doctrines and its sacraments. This always remains because the Church herself is indefectible and the Church is indestructible. Mm. And one of the things that pains me, Paul, today we have many, many prelates who have tried to ask the Holy Father questions. Mm -hmm. They've tried to offer him correction, and they've been either canceled or removed or exiled. And the list is growing. This concerns me. Some of these clergy that have ignored. (laughs) Or ignored. Some of these clergy that have been treated like lepers by Pope Francis are Cardinal Burke, Cardinal Brandmuller. Cardinal Kafara, Cardinal Meisner, Cardinal Pell, Cardinal mm. Seurat, Cardinal, yeah. uh, Cardinal Mueller, goes Cardinal, Cardinal Zen, yeah. Cardinal Jacobus, Archbishop Ganswine, yeah. Archbishop Vigano, Bishop Strickland, Bishop Snyder, and heck, mm. now we even have Bishop Barron, who's also criticizing the Synod. That's the last person that I would have thought. He's even criticizing the Synod and the Synodality. We got great minds like Father Gerald Murray, canon lawyer. 
you know, hundreds of priests, Father Menutella, hundreds of priests and theologians that are offering correction to Pope Francis, and he's not listening. Yes, yes. You know, um, even and and just just to corroborate everything that you're saying, uh, you know, we're talking about the the apparition of um, um, in uh, key to Japan. Oh, Akita, yes. Y- yeah. Uh, Sister Agnes Sasagawa, um, you know, she tells us, you know, the work of the devil will infiltrate into the church mm. in such a way that cardinals will be opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops, you know, um, priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confers, uh, and alter, you know, j- this is what we see, Jess. So this isn't something that's just in our imagination. We see, I mean, it seems to me that you're pointing out that there is a lot of what we would all call good, holy uh, yes. priests, faithful, faithful to the, yes. to the church. We'll pick it up on the other side of the break. This is great conversation. You got it, brother. Jesus 911, two-man car. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We're talking about hope-splaining. That's a problem. We got to be truthful and factual. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're talking about speaking the truth in charity. Uh, and we're talking about pope splaining. There are people out there in the Catholic world that there's no matter what Pope Francis says or does, uh, they'll try to explain it away. In other words, they're telling you, Jess, Paul, don't listen to your ears. Don't listen. Don't don't believe your eyes. Don't believe what you see and write and, and, and read. We'll explain it to you because you're too stupid to understand what the Pope said. That's what I see going on, Paul, and that's insulting. It is insulting because, um, you know, all you have to do is just do a just a, a quick... Um, uh, cursory, you know, observation of this pontificate and really think about what's come out of it. You know, there, there's no clarity that's come out of this, at least uh, clarity, you know, in regard to, you know, understanding and, and making clear, you know, the perennial teachings of the church. There you go. There's, con- there's nothing yeah. but confusion. Uh, and that's what everywhere we're concerned I go. With, yeah, that's what we're concerned with—the perennial teachings of the church. Yeah, I mean, uh, people are constantly, you know, uh, as far as when, when you talk about from an from an evangelism standpoint of view, there's people who, uh, you know, uh, the the impediment from them coming to the church, at least, you know, the thing that has scandalized them is is the is the Pope himself, and th- this can't be right, there, you know, and. Uh, uh, and then the people, the holy priests that want to turn around and pray for the Holy Father and, and uh, uh, you know, they, you know, then all of a sudden he lashes out at them as if somehow, uh, you know, like I said, I, I was quoting um, from um, uh, Akita Japan and, you know, it talked about how the demon especially has issues with with 
you know, those who are consecrated to the Lord. If yeah. you're holy, the more angry this this demon is going to become. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me let me lay something out, something that concerns me, Paul. Um, first of all, <clears throat> there, there was there was a prophetic statement made by Cardinal Ratzinger. He became a, he became the Holy Father years later. But he said, just about 15 years ago, I, I could try to pull it up. He told the U.S. bishops that you can disagree with the Holy Father on prudential issues. So Pope Benedict or Cardinal Ratzinger, and this was under this letter was undersigned by Pope John Paul II, said you can disagree with the Pope on prudential judgment issues. And guess who signed that? Cardinal Ratzinger and Pope John Paul II. So I say that because some people, we can't be, fall into papalolatry. That's the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'll tell you some of the problems that I do see in this pontificate, objectively speaking, objectively. Number one, you have more people, more, more people have left religious orders under this pontificate than any other pope. Number one. That's a problem. Another problem. We have the fewest amount of seminarians going into seminary under Pope Francis than any other pope. Also, so many Catholic churches are closing so fast around the world that we've actually, this Vatican has actually had to come up with a document on how to decommission Catholic churches because the people that are buying them are turning them into gyms and homes and bars and restaurants. Wow. And so when you see these three facts, more churches are closing around the world under this pontificate than any other pontificate. A. More religious orders are leaving and downsizing. And there's less seminarians going to any seminary under this pontificate to me, that tells me that Pope Francis is euthanizing the church, whether he knows it or not. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and, not it's not a good thing if let, oh, and also right now, last, less people are going to Holy Mass right now, right now, Paul, than, 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 any, other t- since, than any other time since 1965. Wow, what a... What a what a statistic. And Jess, I venture to say that more money is coming into the church from sources, not from the mm-hmm. from the from the people, but from outside, from 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 governments, from nations. And uh, you and I learned a long time ago, you know, if there's an issue, you know, it, it you know, it's usually involving money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And in mm. fact, you, you, you just said something that's actually pretty well documented. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at an article here. You can, you can look. Uh, Vatican China sellout. Pope Francis received $2.5 billion from communist China every year. Just type that up and it'll show you exactly the exchange of money. It was Cardinal McCarrick, he's the one that parlayed the deal. Uh, you can, uh, yeah, if you can 
yeah, just type that article up. It's called Pope Francis received $2.5 billion from communist China every year. And you'll see exactly what Paul, Paul Clay just said. It's a fact. And you'll also see other articles uh, where the federal government, through Democrat legislation, gives the USCCB about $100 million a year. Paul, the bottom line is, look it. Before 1965, when the Mass was said in Latin, 75% of Americans used to go to Mass on Sunday. Mm. R- right now, in 2023, 50-some-odd years after Vatican II, the Mass has been changed into the language of, of the people. You got about 17% of people going to Holy Mass on Sunday. Okay? So wow. 75% to 17%. What's changed? Well, a lot's changed. First of all, the language of the Mass. Some people say, ah, you're making a big thing about... about uh, Latin. I'm not making a big thing about it. I'll tell you why, Paul, because language unifies. You know who knows that? Islam. Yeah. Any mosque you go to around the world, if you're Mexican, if you're black, if you're Chinese, guess what? Arabic. You're going you're gonna to go into, they don't care. You're going to go into their mosque and you're going to pray in Arabic and you're going to learn the prayers in Arabic. They don't care. Oh, uh, that's, uh, I don't know that language. Can you give me the vernacular? They're not going to give you the vernacular. You're yeah. going to pray to Allah in Arabic, all over the world. They don't care if you're an American or Mexican. Yeah. And, and and that's the unifying power of Islam. And, and, yeah. and Paul... The fastest growing religion in the world. Yes. And, and I'll tell you something. People say, oh, just Paul, but Latin's a dead language. We, we've got to evolve from dead languages. I'm going to tell you the benefit of a dead language. I'll, t- I'll give you the benefit. Is that it doesn't evolve. Spanish, English, every other language, it evolves. For, for example... St. Saint, Saint Paul in the book of Acts, this says that St. Saint, Saint Paul was stoned. Okay, 2,000 years ago. We know what that means. He was, they threw rocks at him. They tried to kill him. That's the way they try to kill people in the Old Testament law. Well, guess what? If some, if some millennial reads that today, some woke millennial says St. Paul was stoned, he's going to say, hey, St. Paul liked to get high like I do. Why? Because words evolve. That's why dead languages like Latin that's the beauty of those languages is that they're precise. What they yeah. meant 2,000 years ago, they mean yeah. today. They, don't, they don't evolve. Change. Yeah. Yeah. And Jess, not only that, but if you think about it, you could go anywhere in the world and you could, you know, be at home in the mass because the mass was conducted in Latin wherever you went. So we were unified completely. Uh when, when it became divided up in the vernacular languages, uh, essentially, we're, we're, you know, the church is divided in every single country in, in as many languages as it's being taught in. It's not the to Tower mention, of Babel. Yes, and not to mention uh, that because it's in the vernacular, then uh, a lot of priests, poorly formed priests, take the opportunity to essentially change however to to however degree they think fit actually the liturgy and they insert their own ideas into the liturgy and so what do we have today in the church we have uh we have uh i I hate to say it like this but a hot mess i think everybody's seen every parish has their own liturgy every parish has their own liturgy (laughs) yeah yep and that's not the way it's supposed to be yeah now, aren't they trying to, yeah, they're looking for an Amazonian type uh, a liturgy now, yeah. right? It's yep. just uh, incredible. 
I don't know, Paul. You know, if a company, if a big company goes bankrupt, you blame the CEO, right? Yes. Well, our church is spiritually bankrupt right now, so it's logical to blame the CEO and his yeah. board of directors, the many cardinals and bishops, yeah. for the yeah. mess that we're in right now. Yeah, we're not, I'm not and leaving look, this on Christ. Christ entrusted this to these to to popes and bishops. I'm laying this blame on popes and bishops for the mess that we're in right now. Yeah, Jesus Christ is perfect. He's entrusted this to them. Don't worry, he's going to come back and he's going to take it for his own. But but he's left it in managerial hands. And in the last 60 years, we've done a poor job, Paul. Yeah, but Justin, I'll tell you, you know, in, in, in fairness to Pope Francis, you know, he's a product of yes. this, this, this process has been going on. Yes. This cancer has been metastasizing in the church for many, many years. We were warned about it. Uh, St. Pope Pius X, you know, he wrote a, uh, uh, he wrote on it, modernism and, and, and the dangers of it. And so this mindset, this idea of the, syn the synthesis of all heresy, modernism, uh, the chickens are finally coming home to roost, Jess. We're seeing we're, we're, Yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing these ideas played out. And, uh, you know, listen, like you said earlier, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The immutability of God is what, you know, and, and, and that's what we stand on as Catholics. The fact that, yes, this is the church that Jesus Christ founded. And we are trying our best, uh, when I say we, meaning... Um, uh, some of the, the leaders in the church we're trying our they're trying their best to change that yes Jesus 911 we'll be right back we'll continue this conversation stick around to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Paul, you know, we don't take pleasure in doing this show, uh, no. uh, talking this topic. We don't. But no. uh, I'm just, we're just trying to uh, uh, give some clarity, some moral clarity. Now, here's a criticism that people have and they've had it of me, myself and Terry before. Uh, they say, you guys can't criticize the Pope. I've already quoted to you Canon 212. But let me tell you somebody who says you can criticize the Pope. Pope Benedict XVI. Okay? You can type this up on the internet. National Catholic Register. He's, he, ha he says, he gave a talk. You can criticize me. Also, Pope Benedict also back in 2017, LifeSite News came out with this. He warned, Pope Benedict warned in the early 1970s that popes in the future might make pronouncements that were inconsistent with the Catholic Church's authentic and historic doctrine, which mm. would necessitate criticism of those pronouncements. Close quote. He said this 30 years ago. Yeah. He said, guess yeah. what? In the future, popes may say things that are not Catholic and you can correct them. I'm quoting Pope Benedict. Yeah. Here's another one. Pope Francis, 2018. 
in front of an assembly of, of Italian bishops, he said this, it is not a sin to criticize me. This is Pope well, Francis. I just quoted yeah, Pope yes. Francis. The Pope's planner says you can't do that. Pope Francis says you can. Who do I listen to? The Pope's planners or Pope Francis? He yeah, says it, 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 that you can't criticize the Pope. He says you can't. And so does Pope Benedict. Yeah. Yeah, Jess. Listen, you just ask yourself one question. Is the Pope impeccable? No, he is not. No. Okay. Sacred scripture warns us all. Beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. Well, if sacred scripture is warning us, then how do we make this judgment when 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 basically sacred scripture is telling us there are there are people out there who look like a sheep, you know, who identify themselves as a sheep. But the Bible says that the word of the holy word of God, sacred scripture says that inside they are ravenous wolves. And if and if the way that we know them is by their fruits, just we have to make judgments yeah. and what do we make those judgments on well we have the perennial teachings of the church and we know that the we know the goal and the mission of the pope is to take that which was passed on to him and safeguard it and pass it on to the next generation yeah. and so when we see things that are happening that 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 are not consistent with the faith well we have to call it what it is it's not it's not arrogance as a matter of fact, it's done in humility because, you know, um, listen, um, you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. However, his position, his office is so high that souls are being lost. And, you know, and this is what we when we mentioned earlier, love corrects. That's what that's what God calls us to do. Correct in, in a spirit of gentleness, in a spirit of love. Absolutely. I would recommend anybody that wants to go go into the canonical issues on EWTN, you have a good show. It's called Can You Criticize the Clergy, Even the Pope? It's with Dr. Scott Hahn and Father Gerald Murray, a canon lawyer. It's uh, You can watch mm-hmm. it on YouTube. It's called Can You Criticize the Clergy? Yeah, Father Gerald Murray. It was, e- yeah, yeah, I said Charles earlier. Yeah, uh-huh. Even the Pope. It's with Dr. Yes. Scott Hahn and Father Gerald Murray, canon lawyer. It's on yes. YouTube. It's worth watching. It's worth watching. Yes. And this reminds me, Paul, of what Venerable Fulton Sheen said in 1972. Let me read what he said. Quote, Who is going to save our church? Not our bishops, not our priests and religious. It's up to the people. You have the minds, the eyes, the ears to save the church. Your mission is to see that your priests act like priests, your bishops like bishops, and your religious act like religious. Close quote. And uh, right. so, so you see from Fulton Sheen 40 years ago, sometimes the faithful have an obligation to correct church leaders in charity. And here's somebody else. Everybody loves this guy. So I'm going to quote him. Patrick Madrid. Everybody loves him. Patrick, he's on Relevant Radio. Uh, he's been an, a Catholic apologist for 40 years. He's one of the co-founders of Catholic Answers. Smart, educated guy. So mm-hmm. if you ask Patrick Madrid, um, hey, can you can a Catholic confront the superior in the church? Here's what Cap- Patrick Madrid says. Yep, absolutely. Read Canon 2.12. In fact, Patrick Madrid has a, a book where he addresses this. Can you confront a superior in the Catholic church? 
okay? He got a book, it's called Pope Fiction, came out like 10 years ago. On page 56 to 67, he lays out the biblical and the historical case that lay people can offer corrections to superiors. And Patrick Madrid has a whole chapter on his book, Pope Fiction. It's called, Can You Rebuke the Pope? Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I don't think anybody would say that Pat, Patrick is a is, you know polemic or a, a divider. He's about, you know, uh, as even keeled and right down the line as I've ever seen. He has a whole chapter on what we're talking about here. So I, I tell people, Paul, we've got to defend the papacy with our life, but we can't defend error. There's a difference. No. We, yeah. I, I give my life for the papacy. I will die for Holy Mother Church and the papacy, but I will not defend error. Yeah. And Jess, let's go back to the type in the shadow. Let's look at Israel. We know what our Lord said about John the Baptist and what a, you know, what a great and, and, and holy man he was, you know, born to women, how great he was. And yet he oftentimes criticized the hierarchy within Judaism, did he not? Oh, gosh. Exactly. And it costed him, by the way, his life. And so, but, but, but if you want an example, you know, uh, you know, here's this very, very holy prophet, the holiest of all prophets, mm. uh, uh, essentially, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, speaking truth to power in his day. Well, why is it any different today? It can't be. It shouldn't be. Mm-mm. Last night, yep. I, stood up, I, stood, I stood up late. I, look, I was looking up some encyclopedias online. And again, I, I, I came across 17 bad popes out of 267. That's not bad. Okay. Uh, again, these 17 popes, uh, are they not subject to criticism? Of course they are. Because they misuse their authority. And, and uh, again... You know, 25, 30 years ago, maybe not even, maybe even 10 years ago, I may have thought that, you know what, all the popes and bishops walk on water. That's not true. Only Jesus walks on water. Nobody else. Mm. And we have to remember, my fellow Catholics, my family out there, the pope, we have to pray for him every day, like I do. The pope is a successor of Peter. Peter was a sinner. The Pope's not the successor of Jesus, who is God. That's a big difference. We have to make that yeah. distinction. To me, Paul, yeah. it seems like the Pope's planers seem to think he's a success. The way they argue, you would think that they think he's a successor of Jesus. He's not. He's a successor well, let me, of Peter. Let me go back to your example. Only Jesus walks on water. Actually, Peter walked on water. Ah, that's as right. Lo- You're right. But, but as long as he... Kept, kept his, his eyes on Jesus. He was able go. to do the impossible. Yes. And what happened when he took his eyes off our Lord? Hmm. He sank, right? And that's exactly what we see. We see to the extent that you take your eyes off of Christ, if you to the extent that you forget the high calling. I mean, this isn't this isn't just um so many kings in Israel. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, in Isaiah when he was uh he, he told, I think it was Ahaz, he says, listen, ask the Lord, just ask the Lord and he'll give you a sign. Far be it from me that I should ask the Lord for a sign. And that's when he told him a sign will be given to him. And, and it was a prophecy about, uh, you know, our blessed mother and, 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 and the son that she would bear, you know. Um, 
this is, you know, this, this stuff is not, you know, the, uh, like, like the, like Dr. Han always says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme, mm. you know? Yeah. It rhymes. Here's one last point I want to make, Paul, before we wrap the show, then I want to get your closing remark. Remember in every single Pope and every, not only Pope Francis, but every single Pope all the way back to Peter, you have what I would call infallible Peter. And then you have fallible Simon. In other words, mm-hmm. Simon Peter said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's an infallible statement. But right mm-hmm. after that, he, he rejected Jesus Christ's salvific plans on Calvary. And Jesus retorted by saying to him, get behind me, Satan. You're thinking like a man, not God. So yeah. we see that within the popes, there's infallible Peter, but there's also fallible Simon. They're men. So when Pope Francis mm-hmm. says something that's not consistent to, with, with, with the perennial Catholic teaching, that's, that's fallible, Pope Francis. That's a human Pope Francis speaking. It's not, it's not the Pope Francis uh, speaking infallibly, so to speak. And one of the things that does, it does uh, concern me is because it's a phrase that's never been used in, in, in Catholic theology by the popes, is that, that God is the God of surprises. It's a constant refrain he uses. And to me, Paul, this phrase that he invented, it's not biblical. It's not part of the tradition of the church, but this is how he's trying to impose the predetermined rig synod on stupidity upon the church. And this is the way he's trying to change doctrine and change church. That's my take, Paul. Your last word. Yeah. Um, well, back to, I just want to bring up again, back to, you know, uh, the infallibility of the Pope. We know that the last time that that occurred, ex cathedra was 1950 when Pius XII mm-hmm. declared the assumption of, uh, you know, uh, of our blessed mother to be an article of faith. Well, it hasn't happened since then. So therefore everything that comes from Pope Francis is subject to scrutiny, you know, and, and yeah, that's and, why you and, have Cardinals. That's why it's co- the college of Cardinals. His advisors to scrutinize yes. things that he says and writes to help him out. Yes, yes, and it, it's one thing if you and I and others were just out there on our own saying these things, but like you mentioned, there is a litany of holy priests yeah. and bishops that have gone to the Holy Father. Yeah, that's a wrap, my friends. Psalm sixty-nine, verse two. That's the flagship for this show. God, come to my assistance, Lord. Make haste to help me. Remember, St. Father Pio says, pray, hope, and don't worry. We'll see you next time. Keep the faith, family. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. We are EOW. We are out.